take a deep breath and remember there's a power breathing you. This is your space of sanity in an evolving world where we learn about spiritual law and how to apply it to our lives in a way that is practical and life-changing. This is where we remember truth to make the world a better place one person at a time. I'm Claire Lotier, inspirational speaker, teacher of the technology of transformation, and a certified life mastery consultant and spiritual coach. Welcome to the Grace Space. Welcome back to the Grace Space and to our new series, Inner Alchemy, where we're looking at the keys that open the door to transmutation of our energy from denser frequencies of negativity and resistance to the high frequency elevated emotions of our true nature, love, peace, and bliss, among others. These keys are practical tools that you can apply to your daily life, and they're meant to be applied. We must do more now than just make intellectual agreement with concepts. We must go beyond belief systems now. That's really a transition from the mind to the heart. Many people think we can't live without thinking, without living in the mind all of the time. It's not true. We're making a transition now to living in the heart, living in and from the heart. The heart has its own wisdom. It has its own knowledge. And we know already from research that the energy field of the heart is thousands of times bigger and more powerful than the energy field of the mind. So inner alchemy is a process of embodiment of a new frequency. You become someone new. Because you understand that everything vibrates, everything is in vibration, nothing is at rest. And so our thoughts and our feelings have a frequency. Some of our thoughts and feelings have lower frequencies and some of them have higher frequencies. So when we move from one frequency to another, from one set of thoughts and feelings that produce sets of reactions in the body that we that we're familiar with as a stress, when we move to that series of or that range of frequencies to a higher range of frequencies, we experience a new reality. Life changes because we are at the origin of what appears on the screen of our reality. So that process of embodiment of a new frequency, a new set of frequencies, that's what it is to become someone new and to experience a new life, a different life. And this is already happening. The earth itself is in a new frequency, and we have never lived in this energy before. We have never lived in this energy before. We don't know what this is. That's why a lot of people are scared. Everything is changing, morphing. Old forms are dissolving. New ones are being born. This is just the nature of life. It's always been this way. But we are 
witnesses now to sweeping planetary change of a kind that we have never experienced before. We don't have a template for this, <laughs> right? And what's happening represents a quantum leap in consciousness for humankind. Our next key is key to non-attachment as we witness the crumbling of the old. Whether we cling to the old or mourn its passing, whether we welcome the new and allow for change depends on our perception. The truth is we don't know anything about the changes that our earth or we ourselves are going through. We don't have a large enough context for understanding. So we tend to reduce everything to the simplistic, the causal and the linear. And our reference is the past. But the thing is, the past can't be our reference anymore. Because what's happening now is a discontinuity a discontinuity. That means it doesn't grow out of the past as a, a natural evolution of the past. The past is over. It's done. And something new, totally new, is being born. It just appears, right? And so that that's the leap from one level of consciousness to another, from, from 3D to 5D. That's what's happening. Last year, we talked about it. We did a series on ascension and uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about when I say going from 3D to 5D, I recommend listening to those episodes from the end of season two. So today we're going to talk about perception, this key of perception. Just when we're tempted to believe that we know something, it's helpful to remind ourselves of this next key. My perception is faulty. I do not see things clearly. We all tend to think that the way we see things is the way things are. We tend to believe that we see things accurately, that we interpret what we see correctly. But if we want to be free, we must be willing to let go of this belief because it isn't true. We do not see things as they are, but as we are. There's no objective reality. There's a subjective reality. Everything we see is influenced by the past in us. It's as if every one of us was wearing tinted contact lenses without knowing it. Everything we see is tinted by our lenses, but we don't even realize we're wearing them. Then when someone else whose lenses are tinted differently from ours disagrees with us, we get confused or upset or defensive because we don't see what they see. They don't see what we see. We may think that we're wrong or we may think that they're wrong. Think of a funhouse mirror. If you've ever stood in front of a funhouse mirror, it's all wavy and weird. It makes your image look distorted. We laugh at that image because we know it isn't real. We know what we actually look like, so we can laugh at the crazy reflection in the mirror. But we forget this also applies to life. Imagine if the lenses you were wearing were not only tinted but warped so that they make everything look strange and distorted. But again, we've been wearing the lenses for so long that we don't even realize they're there. We think that what we see is the way things are, and we take it all very seriously. We don't realize is that if the lenses were gone, things would look very different. How did those lenses get there? We've been wearing them all our lives. 
They were formed by everything that's ever happened to us from the moment of our creation to the present. They were formed by our upbringing, our education, our family culture and environment, the belief systems and religion or lack thereof that we were raised with, the country we grew up in, languages we speak, the beliefs and traditions of our society and culture, the things that have happened to us in our lives, good and bad, even the circumstances of our birth and how our mother was feeling when we were in the womb, the way our ancestors suffered and all their hopes and dreams that were unfulfilled and passed down to us. Everything, everything, everything we have ever experienced has contributed to the way these lenses cause us to see. And I'm not only talking about this lifetime, I'm talking about all of them. They're all there. (laughs) They're all there in the background. They're all there as part of the sauce. This is our perception. It's our way of seeing things, our way of thinking and feeling and interpreting everything in life. Another word that I use for this is the paradigm. Our paradigm is a collection of habits and beliefs that we're mostly unaware of, but that influence our perception. So it's easy to see how each person has their own paradigm, their own perception of life, and why it's easy for people to misunderstand each other, disagree, and come into conflict. In our last episode, we talked about taking responsibility for everything that shows up in our lives. When you understand how perception works, it's a little bit easier to take responsibility because you realize that you have your own particular way of seeing things and that your way is different from someone else's way. The mistakes we make, if we can even call them that, are due to the distortions in our perception. This is at the origin of the well-known expression, it seemed like a good idea at the time, (laughs) right? I mean, have you ever said that to yourself? You look back and you go, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what I was thinking. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Our paradigm is like an operating system on a computer. It tells the computer how to function. In many ways, we're very much like a computer. The difference is that a computer memory is limited, right? But our memory doesn't have a storage limit. It can store an infinite amount of data. We don't realize this because we're used to thinking of our memory as, as what we can recall consciously. That's often very little. Many people believe they have a poor memory, don't they? But actually, our memory bank is limitless. It's stored in our subconscious. This is, it's connected to or part of the universal mind. It's an aspect of the universal mind, which has this impersonal recording uh, faculty and that it records absolutely everything. So the subconscious remembers everything that's ever happened to you in all its detail from this life and all the others. But the conscious mind is not aware of most of these memories. And we'll talk about this more later on in this series. We talk about the structure of the mind. But for now, just know that all that memory in our computer, even if we're not aware of it, it's influencing our perception. It causes us to see things in a certain way. So imagine that these memories are playing at a very low volume all the time, so low you can't hear them. 
but they are influencing your perception and your thoughts and feelings and your actions 24-7. Remember when we said we we're 100% responsible for our thoughts and feelings and actions? And remember how we said being responsible is not about guilt or blame? Here's why. We are influenced at all times by all kinds of things we have no conscious memory of. There are enormous amounts of subconscious data playing all the time in our memory banks. We are influenced at all times by all kinds of things we have no conscious memory of. There are enormous amounts of subconscious data playing all the time in our memory banks. Just like you can program a computer with any kind of program you want, the computer doesn't reject it, doesn't have the choice. When we are very young, until about the age of seven, we are being programmed automatically by everything around us. We take it all in because we have no filter. Before this, the age of seven, our brainwaves are in a similar state to that of hypnosis. We're totally impressionable and we just take everything in. We just don't have a choice in the matter. The subconscious has unlimited storage, right? It records every single thing and it's all there, even if the conscious mind doesn't remember anymore. And some of the things that have happened to us have been so painful and traumatic and overwhelming that we decided not to remember. And we pushed those memories down into the subconscious. They become part of our energy field, <laughs> but we're, we don't even know they're there. The computer is innocent. It can't reject the programming. It takes it in innocently. That's us too. We are innocent intrinsically. We couldn't reject our programming. We just took it in, but it has caused us a lot of problems in life. This is why we can say we are responsible but it's not our fault. We're not guilty. We're not to blame. No one is. The people in your life or on the news who do terrible things, they were also programmed. It's not their fault, but they are also still responsible. You see what I mean? If something is in me, it's part of my programming. I'm responsible for it because I'm the only one who can clean it up once I realize it's there. Nobody else can do it for me. I do not see things as they are, but as I am, through my programming, through my perception. When I was a child, I had a persistent and recurring thought that I could never be sure what I was perceiving. Sitting around the dinner table, I would imagine that the words coming out of my mother or my father or my brother's mouth were transforming themselves in the air. <laughs> and that I what I was hearing or interpreting might have nothing to do with what was originally said. Maybe the sounds coming out of their mouths have nothing to do with what I'm hearing, I would think. Maybe they get translated as they move into my ear into a language that only I speak or understand. Maybe none of us are speaking the same language even. Maybe we all think we do, but we all speak our own language that changes as it moves through the air towards the listener. What if none of what I say and none of what I hear is actually real? What if what is intended is not received as it was intended? How can I know what the other person is seeing or hearing? 
My conclusion was that some divine power made language understandable and reality interpretable as it was being experienced, because no two points of perception could be the same. There's the old story about the blind men and the elephant. Maybe you've heard this one. There were six blind men who had heard about an elephant, but being blind from birth, they'd never seen one. They could only imagine what it was like. One day, though, they had the opportunity to approach an elephant in person, and they were very excited. The first blind man reached out and touched the side of the huge animal. And he said, an elephant is solid and smooth like a wall. It must be very powerful. Well, the second blind man put his hand on the elephant's trunk. And he said, an elephant is like a giant snake. The third blind man felt the elephant's pointed tusk. No, he said, this creature is as sharp and deadly as a spear. The fourth blind man touched one of the elephant's four legs. What we have here, he said, is an extremely large cow. The fifth blind man felt the elephant's giant ear. Hmm, I believe an elephant's like a huge fan or maybe a magic carpet that can fly over mountains and treetops, he said. The sixth man gave a tug on the elephant's tail. Why, this is nothing more than an old piece of rope, he said. Someone's trying to trick us. Suddenly, all six men were arguing with each other. An elephant's like a wall, says the first one. Surely we can agree on that. No, a wall, an elephant's like a giant snake, says the second one. It's a spear, I tell you, insists the third one. I'm certain it's a giant cow, says the fourth one. Magic carpet, there's no doubt, says the fifth one. Don't you see, says the sixth one, someone used a rope to trick us. Their argument continues and their shouts grow louder and louder and louder. Wall, snake, spear, cow, carpet, rope. So I'd like to ask you, who's right? Who's wrong? All of them and none of them. Each one is coming from their own point of view. Each one is experiencing things from where they're standing. None of them can see the whole picture, only a small piece of it. That's perception. It's what I see from my point of view. No two points of perception are the same. And we can never know what the other is experiencing truly, because that experience is interpreted through a set of data or a a sea of data belonging to that person. None of us can see the whole picture at any time, only a small piece of it. Humility is the best approach. As they say, the first step is admitting you have a problem. The problem is we don't see things clearly. So how can we ever really know what's true? We have to accept this in order to transform. So aside from eternal truth, unchanging truth, anything outside of that is perception. 
Put your hand on your heart if you're honest enough to admit that you don't see the whole picture. Keep your hand on your heart if you're courageous enough to admit that what you do see is influenced by your paradigm and perception. There's no objective reality out there. There are only perceptions. Therefore, none of us see the world clearly. We do not understand anything we see. We just perceive it. We interpret it according to the burden of the past in us. So let's review these two key ideas that we're working with now. The first one today is I do not see things as they are. Why? Because my perception is influenced by my programming and I am responsible for everything in my life because it's somehow a result of my programming and perception, but I'm not to blame. This accumulation of data in the subconscious mind is at the root of all of our problems and challenges. So now what? Well, there is a very simple way to solve these problems that anyone can learn if they're willing. Would you like to be able to solve any problem in your life? If I could share with you how to do that, would you be interested? Well, (laughs) that's coming. We will get to that in two more episodes, I think. And next week during episode three, we'll build a bridge there. Until then, remember, we see only a small puzzle piece in a puzzle so vast, we will never see the whole picture. And that's okay. Take that weight off your shoulders and let it simplify your life. It's a relief, isn't it? You can just let it all go. I'll see you next week. Meanwhile, walk in grace. Thank you for joining me in the grace space, where you're always in the right place. If you love this podcast, I invite you to subscribe to it and submit a review if you feel called to do so. Also, be sure to sign up for my newsletter right here. I look forward to spending this time with you again next week. Meanwhile, I send you love and blessings. Bye for now.